So today is Back to Church Sunday, as we said, and I want to talk to you today a message that's based on a couple of Bible verses that is all about, I don't know, finding your roots somehow and connecting in with things. And maybe it might be entitled, if you were wanting to put a title on this, Connect Where You Can Grow or something like that. But I want to read two um, chunks of the Bible that have the same message to you, and we're going to explore them a little bit. And the first one is from Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. And it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus, continue to live your lives in him. And then verse 7 says, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. And this was written by a guy who was a disciple of Jesus thousands of years ago to people who are getting connected into a church. And the other one is written to a different group of churches. And this is from Ephesians 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Have you got that? There's two two pretty famous passages um, of the Bible and they all talk about the same, they both talk about the same thing and it's a principle that happens through the whole of the Bible that actually we need to get the first things right in our lives, that today I'm telling you is all about putting Jesus in the right place in your life, deciding that you want to have Jesus in your heart, on your innermost being, and connected with you. And then we need to have some roots. We need to be established. You heard those words in there together. And then there's another aspect that comes in this as well that talks about together with the Lord's people. So let's start right at the very beginning of this. I want to tell you today that the most important decision that you can ever make in life is a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And it's a decision that I've made. It's a decision that hundreds of people who are here today have made. Maybe you've made it if you're watching online as well. And I want to say, well done. You have started the best process in life that you can have. If you haven't decided to follow Jesus today, bear with me and choose to do it because it's simple as that. There's not a big rigmarole. There's just a decision that you say that says, I'm going to acknowledge that I need something else in life and I want to make that somebody Jesus and I want to follow that. And that starts a process of something with us. But if you're already following Jesus and you're here today or you're back to church, congratulations, you've started the process. Do you know the internet and TikTok and social media is filled with people who are promising to change your life. And do you know what those people can promise? Not very much. But Jesus does genuinely change every single part of your life. Do you know there is a reason why the internet and social media is filled with people that are promising to offer you something that you haven't got? And that's because so many people believe and kind of understand that they're missing something in their life. They've got a hole somewhere and they can't quite explain it, 
but it's part of that belief system that we all have because we all have hopes, we all have beliefs, we all have values, we all have a desire for something, and nearly always that something is more than we can find. Have you ever noticed that? Apart from eating chocolate, that somehow it satisfies you until you feel sick. But actually, with most things in life, we have it and then we want more. We go and achieve popularity with friends and then we want different friends. We go and achieve something that's really great and then we want the next something and the next something and the next something. We've all got those sort of inbuilt desires. I believe God gave us some of those. And there's more than that than we can even explain. There's, there's places of love. Do you know, we all feel love, but we all desire something more in love than even our life partner or our kids or our parents can give us because we want something that only God can bring us. Do you know, some of the purposes that you have, some of the desires that you have, aren't just about things that you want to do for you. They were put there by God for you to do something more important than you even know about right now. And I don't always understand that. And sometimes we look back on life and go, why was I ever interested in that? God has a plan for your future that's often included with something that you fancy doing or you are passionate about in your past. And God can give you those things. But, do you know, even people that really don't want to believe in God still take on a lot of the values that God gives them. Morals, a sense of right and wrong. Do you know where that comes from? God who is right in everything. Do you know, your hope for the future, nobody really hopes and plans their life to just get to the end of life and die and mean nothing. We all want our lives to mean something. We all want to find an importance in life, which is why so many religions have tried to create that purpose and that value of being. And somewhere, something inside of us always wants to do something that's going to last for forever or live for forever or leave a legacy or be really important. Well, do you know, it's because God intended you to have an eternal purpose. So often we get caught up with just being here on earth, but actually God has a purpose for you that's bigger than your health, that's bigger than your situation, that's bigger than your life expectancy, that's bigger than your problems that you have right now. And if you've had loads of trouble in life, I am really sorry for you. But God's future for you isn't dependent on the troubles you've had. God's future for you is dependent on what his plans for you are, which are just, they're going to be perfect. They're going to be filled with great joy. They're going to be good for you because that's what God promised us. Do you know, we always seek after actually things that are good for us. We don't purposefully make decisions that are going to be really bad for us, do we? apart from maybe eating too much chocolate. But we normally want to do things that long-term are going to be good for us. And I want to say that there's some of that that is wired into us as humans that is different than anything else on the planet. Do you know, we think about things in a greater purpose. We don't just think about survival. We think about morals. We think about purpose. We think about what we're going to leave for our kids we think about that no matter what tribe, no matter what place on earth we are, humans are engineered to think like that. And it's exactly the same with love. You ever notice as humans, we love 
differently than anybody else in the animal kingdom. We're not just mammals. Some of those animals God created and they're great, but they don't love like we love. And yet we still want something deeper in love that we don't get from other humans. And there's a section of love that we can't really engage as humans until we understand who God is and engage with God. And he gives us that satisfaction of true love that's beyond anything we can actually grasp hold of as humans. And I don't understand how all that works because it's not the same as intimacy. It's not the same as compassion. It's something that is, it's not just sacrificial, but Jesus died on a cross to show what that love is. And I don't think I can even explain that I know what that means to me as a Christian. I know what it means to have God the Father who loves me. And he loved me when I didn't even believe in him. And he loved me when I didn't even like him. And he loved me when I was making lots of mistakes. And when I do, he still loves me. And that's something that humans just can't do. We have a tolerance level in the end, but God still loves you. And I don't know who needs to hear that today, but no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God still loves you. Exactly the same. Exactly the same in an incredible way. There's so many more things in life that point us to God as well. But I want us to look back at that original verse in Ephesians 3 verse 17. And there's, a, there's some word in there that talks about dwelling in your heart. And it says, so that Christ may dwell in your heart. Now that's a really weird concept, isn't it? To have a person living, dwelling, residing in your heart. Because there isn't really space on the inside of here. So take the imagery out of that. And actually it says that the the original Greek word is there that Christ is going to settle or inhabit and be resident in your heart. That means that the entity of Jesus, the person of him, I don't understand how it all works, but who he is is going to be in my heart. And what I do is going to come from that place of who Jesus is. That's going to change how I behave. It's going to change my desires, my passions, what I do, how I live my life. It's actually choosing to say, I want Jesus to come on the inside and let the inside work out. You know, if I go to the gym and you work out, actually you're doing something external to change something internal. But with God, you do something in a moment of accepting Jesus and it changes you from the inside out. And that's just one of those incredible things. I don't understand how it works, but it's a bit like having Jesus as your gym coach with you every moment of every day from the inside which means when you have your breakfast, he doesn't say, oh, there's too many carbs in that. When you eat that extra bar of chocolate, he doesn't count it on your calorie counting app. But actually, it's beyond that. It's God with you, shaping every part of how you think, how you hope, how you dream, how you interact, what comes out of your mouth, what you do with your actions. And that's all about having Jesus from the inside out. And it's just choosing to actually say, I want Jesus to help shape every part of my future. So let's read the next part of this, which gets onto the core verse here. It talks about, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. That's in Ephesians 3:17. And rooted here doesn't just mean temporarily planted. It means 
um, like being established. So you know if you just plant a new seed in soil and you leave it there for one minute and you take it back out, it hasn't grown any, it's not got established. But you take a plant that's been planted in a pot for the last few years and you pull it out and the whole pot comes with it. That's established in the pot. So that's the, the thing that we're going for here. It's not just something that has just dropped in. It's something that's actually said, right, all of this stuff that's around me, I've got hold of. So this is being established and rooted in love. It's where it's getting its nourishment from. It's where it's connecting from. So it's not just dipping its finger in the love of Jesus and connecting with that aspect of love. It's actually saying, no, this is part of me. I'm drawing my nutrients and what I need from a position of God's love. That's an incredible place to be in. Because, you know, as humans, I don't know about you, but our tank sometimes runs out. Have you ever done that? Maybe it's just me with kids. They push the buttons, they take us to the stress levels, and then it gets hard to still love them in the same way. Don't nod at me. <laughs> you might find that with, I don't know, your boss. You might find that with other car drivers on your way to church on a Sunday morning. It might be that the person in front of you at the supermarket checkout is the thing that just... They want to talk to the cashier and all you want to do is get your stuff through and gone. All because the app on your phone didn't work to get you to scan and go quick. Or is that just me? I, I get really fed up at supermarkets. I just want to get in, get out. I'm not here for a social. I've got better things in life to do than be queued up at checkout. But whatever it is, our love tank, our emotional capacity for things can reduce really quickly. But when you're established in Jesus Christ, you don't, you don't run out. Actually, when you're established in Jesus, you get his love, which is perfect, which means you never run out of it because he never runs out of it for me and you. And that's just that perfect love here that is genuine selflessness because that's what Jesus showed us. He also showed us that love had a hugely bigger purpose. Jesus died on a cross for one purpose that was significantly bigger than himself, and that was to save you and me, and so that me and you can have that great relationship with God that he intended us to do. So we're supposed to grow and be established and have a deeper sense of selfless love connected with Jesus in our hearts. And that way, it's not about how much emotional energy I can um, grasp on a morning with my cup of coffee, because the first thing I need to do every day is connect with Jesus Christ, remember his love, and that should flow through me and out of me in all that I do. There's something I want to suggest here as well about, do you know who you connect with and how you connect with people is something that is quite big in the Bible. It talks about iron sharpening iron, and it talks about even Jesus talked about a parable about where seeds are planted and what they're planted next to. And sometimes we can put things in our lives that are going to rob us of joy. They're going to rob us of peace. They're going to rob us of love. And it's important to remember that we can be influenced for good or for bad. We all are. And I always want to say, yeah, great. Let's just be influenced by really good things. And then you watch the news Nobody reads a newspaper anymore. You doom scroll. You, you go to work. And actually, 
things just immediately can rob us of joy. And it's important to find things in life and people in life that you can get close to that are going to help you connect with the love of Jesus. That's where church can be really important as well. So it's a bit like, where are you going to plant your seeds? Your seedlings have just sprouted. Where are you going to plant them? Let's plant them in something good. Let's get into good situations with good people around us that are going to help us grow. Let's find some good, nutritious soil to grow into. It might mean that you need to invest slightly better habits in life. Do you know we can all do that? We can all choose to put a bit of investment in our lives. That might mean going to the gym, but it might mean reading your Bible. It might mean connecting into good Bible studies. It might mean spending some time to really connect with God and walk in and pray with God in nature. It might mean that you need to pray and actually be thankful a bit more in life about some of the things that God has got for you. Okay, the next part of that verse in verse 18 talks about you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. So power here is almost the wrong word because it doesn't mean like boof power. What it really means is that you may be eminently able to do something so that you may have all the skills and ability to do it. And what you're going to do, have that to grasp the love of Christ. And you get that particularly by being, the word there said, together with all the Lord's holy people. And it's that place of, actually, God's already given you all the skills you need to access him. All the ability to access him. The bar to get into understanding who Jesus Christ is is actually really small and really low. Because the Bible says, come to God just as you are. Do you know you haven't got to find perfection before God accepts you? You don't in church either. Jesus walked into people that were still living really horrible lives and sat and ate with them. You and me haven't got to reach a certain bar. We haven't got to get things sorted out in life before we come to Jesus. We just come to Jesus. We've got all that we need to access the love of God straight away. So, now we need to come on to the next bit, which was all about being together. Okay, so together here is something that we really need to do to unlock the rest of that verse. We might have power, but actually there's something that really comes that when we get that together bit in verse 18. It says, you may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. Do you know, God doesn't intend for you to be on your own. He intends for you to be in connection with him and connection with a body, a family of people. And the Bible is filled with imagery about family, about body, about us all being distinctive, but part of the same thing. You know, Jesus even um, talked about the fact that he is going to like come back for the church, the body of people. He, he talked about himself as being like a bridegroom a groom that is marrying the church and he loved the church and he died for the church. It's incredible to think because he died for us individually, but actually he wants something of a body of people together as well. And there's loads of verses in the Bible about that. It's one of the big ideas of the Bible is us being together. 
So take that symbolism of a seedling that's now put in a plant pot. Actually, for that plant to now grow into something really important and vital, you need an ecosystem around it. Yeah? Because if you've had plants at home, you leave them on your windowsill, you need to water them, and then you need to put some plant food in them, and then eventually they get a bit too big for the pots that you're in. And church is like an ecosystem. Okay? So an ecosystem, imagine a forest. If you want an acorn to grow into an oak tree, one of the best places for it isn't in a plant pot on your windowsill. The best place for an oak tree to grow is in a forest because it's got the support around it, it's got all the right nutrients, it's got all the right rain, it's got rivers flowing nearby, it's got other trees dropping their leaves that are going to feed it and produce all the nutrition. And all I'm not a botanist, okay? I just know that if you want to find an oak tree, go to a forest, not my windowsill. You don't grow an oak tree even in a greenhouse. You grow an oak tree in an ecosystem. Okay, so church, imagine that as being an ecosystem. And it's not just that we attend church on a Sunday or at special occasions. It is part of something that we belong to, that we grow from. And it's within a church that actually we provide support for other parts of the ecosystem, each other. It's where we get our nourishment from. It's where we choose to grow really big roots. Because if you want an oak tree to grow into something really good, it doesn't just spend one month in a forest and then decide, right, next forest. And then decide another month later, next forest. It doesn't work like that, does it? It works when we're all there together being, and, and the word there was rooted. And it's part of something that happens when we're together. Do you know, as you're rooted in a good family or a good church, people will start to rely on you, and you'll start to rely on them. And in a forest, all the trees together stop the wind blowing that damages the younger ones. And actually, they provide a lot of the leaves that fall on the ground that become the nutrition for the next generation. And birds land in the trees and feed off the seeds, and so do other animals. And quickly, everything ends up supporting each other, which is part of God's plan for you. Do you know, churches have often got it wrong. So have me and you. Churches have often made mistakes. I'm really glad that God gives not only me and you a second chance, but he gives churches a second chance as well. And today, if you've been hurt by a church, I'm very sorry. Give it a second chance. Give it as many chances as it takes, because church is made up of imperfect people like me and you but it is still part of God's plan for you. So, together, in Ephesians 3 verse 18, you may have power together with all of God's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep, actually just how enormous is the love of Christ. I can't, the more I've searched about trying to find out how much God loves us, is the more I go, it's bigger than I can imagine. It's a bit like looking at the stars. You can see what you can see. And then you get a telescope and you can see a bit more, but you realize there's even more beyond what you can see. And then the scientists tell us there's even more, even beyond, even beyond, even beyond. 
And it's the same with God. When you realize just one moment that God loves you, then you realize that it's how wide, how long, how high, how deep. It's just beyond enormous and beyond measurable for us. And it's something that we've just got to go and trust in. Do you know the world, even Disney can't represent the love of God. It likes to. You know, even the most gushing um, cartoon or movie that makes you feel really warm and fuzzy on the inside is nothing compared to how much God loves us and that true love that God has for us. So it's from that togetherness of love um, that God wants us to really engage with him in. And so I'm going to wrap up the conclusion in in a minute, but I just want to remind you of some of these things that we've been talking about that I really want to encourage you. Get your life right with Jesus first. It's the most important thing that you can do in life. Get yourself planted in good, nourishing soil. And then become part of an ecosystem that's actually going to help you grow and strengthen. And today, I don't know what your situation in life is, but I know that every single one of us can think again about just that love of God, can think again about that connection of where we're getting our nourishment from, and then can really consider how can we be part of an ecosystem that's going to establish really good roots for everything that God has ahead for you. Just remember that true fulfillment in life only comes from Jesus Christ, which is why in John 10.10, Jesus said that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you want a full life, you're not going to find it on a social media platform or by any guru on earth. You're going to find it by connecting with Jesus Christ. You're going to find that true fulfillment. You're going to find that true love by connecting with all that God has for you. I want to take an opportunity to pray with you at the end of this service, and then the band are going to sing a song um, for us that we can join in with too. Here's a prayer for you. God, I pray for people who are maybe here in the building or maybe at home, and they've never, ever made that decision to follow you. Today, I pray that they will follow you and say, I want to become a Christian today. I want to experience that love of Jesus. I want to make sure that I have Jesus in my heart. God, help them to make that choice today. For those other people who've made the choice, God, help us to keep making smart choices to plant ourselves in nourishing soil that is going to be good for us, that is going to help us grow But God, also help us not just to grow in a plant pot, but help us to be established in an ecosystem that is going to help us grow into the full potential of all that you have ahead for us. Help us to be part of your church. Help us to understand that truth of the depth of love that you want us to have that we can only truly understand when we're part of your church that you loved. God, I pray that you will help establish each and every person today. And whether they're coming back to church after a long time, or it's their first time in church today, or they're here and they're already part of the ecosystem, help us to grow into all that you have ahead for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucy.